Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another episode of Merkaba chakras podcast today i get the delight to interview spiritualist reverend elaine san sashi now elaine's journey into spirituality started when she was in high school biology and a chemistry teacher school psychologist counselor and special education teacher for almost three decades After retiring from the education profession, she pursued her passion for spirituality. She was ordained a spiritualist minister in 2013, and she was also granted reciprocity by TNSA in 2014. Since then, she has added such skills as hypnosis, mediumship, energy healing, and so much more. So let's jump down the rabbit hole with Elaine. Welcome, Elaine, to Macaba Chakras. I thank you, and thank you for being uh, my host on this program. Yeah, I, I'm really, really excited. You, actually, you and I, we, um, we took um, a course uh, mm-hmm with a quantum healing hypnosis technique through the Dolores Cannon method of hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And it was just really, really fun to kind of catch up with your work and learn a little bit more about um, the type of clients that you get. So we'll talk about that a little bit later for people who sure. are going, wait a minute, I think Elaine is in the Dolores Cannon registry as well as Vaughn. So that will be a fun one um, when we get to that part. But before we get to all these other unique skills and offerings that you help people to learn their six senses through spirituality, can you tell us your journey of how you started in the first place? What brought you into being a spiritualist minister? Tell us your story. Oh, wow. Now, since I'm old, that would be, that would take a long time, but condensing it a bit. um, First of all, I've always been clear cognizant, which is clear knowing, and I've been downloaded. And I always knew intentions of people and of students. So I understood people and I understood people at a deep level. I never thought that that was anything different than anybody else. I always got the hard to handle kids. <laughs> I, and for me, it wasn't difficult because I got them. I understood them. And my love of life led me to teach biology. And you can't teach biology without knowing chem. And so that went hand in hand. And you can't love life without also, and be claircognizant, without wondering about the psyche and how this is going on. So the school psychology and then the guidance counseling and then the special education. So I did quite a few things when I was a teacher. And then when I retired and I took an early retirement and then that led, that opened the door for my interest in 
the spiritual realm. I had taken a, a class in parapsychology way back in the 80s, had been told by a spiritualist minister, had told I had all kinds of gifts, and I became frightened and ran away for a number of years. <laughs> but this time I moved back and I, I got into it. And right. I was saying, go ahead, you have a question, Let I can yeah, let me ask you. Um, so the, you, you said something interesting that you, you got frightened. And this is very common amongst people who kind of, they dabble <laughs> into spirituality. And when you dabble away from organized religion into spirituality and start getting into metaphysics, um, your, your, your spiritual six senses will naturally come into, come in, into form that would actually activate and they could amplify as well the further you work on your inner work and raise your energy and raise your frequency through spirituality work and so this is very common to scare people because they have been taught that all of these six senses are works of um, negative negative beings or you know whatever kind of um, folklore that they're believing in so um, it's almost like they're scared of their own shadow um, but they've always had a shadow they just never looked um, right. They never but stood what, in front of the light. So what, what what happened to me was I had the the teacher was a spiritualist minister, but he was more um he had me drawing pentagrams on the floor and making sure I sat in the middle uh, for protection. And rather than focusing on the light, he was focusing on the other. Mm. And that's not who I am. I am light-based. I am open to spirit. I, but I didn't realize that there were options, that that was the darker side. And so... Years later, when I went back, then I studied with another spiritualist minister for a year, every week, few hours, and we were doing tarot, and we were doing um, all different modalities of healing, and healing with sound, and with drums, and with frequencies, and and that was for... That was just the beginning. That was before I even took other classes to get me going into the program in which finally led to ordination. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, that's really good that you made that distinction that when you start entering into the metaphysical arts, mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of different modalities and there's lots of different pathways to go down the rabbit hole. And not everybody's going to jive with one method versus another. That's why there's so many. Like, in, I'm, I'm Buddhist. And so in Buddhism, we just add to the canon. And there are so many different ways to do meditation. There are so many different ways to do um, harmonics. There are a plethora of ways to do energy healing. And everybody has their favorite method. So, you know, it's the same exact kind of thing for for you, you got into kind of like um, the not so positive modalities that you just really didn't resonate with. And you knew, okay, that wasn't for me, but you kept, it didn't stop. You kept going and seeing what else is out there. So you open up a whole new world that there's even more modalities and there's more ways to, and tools in the tool toolbox for you to explore and enjoy. So what is a spiritualist minister and why do they have all these different tools? Spiritualist minister is, well, it's a spiritualism is a religion, a philosophy and a science, all three. Uh, but really it is open focused so that you as a Buddhist could certainly feel comfortable sitting right in front of me when I'm doing a service. And so too, I have people who were born Jewish and you still can, they're, they're Jewish. doesn't matter. 
because so that I have people from different modalities and different uh, religious backgrounds. And in at Life Path Fellowship, where I do most of my um, religion or spiritual stuff, it, it has depictions of all different religions because spiritualism basically says each person is responsible for his or her own path, period. Right, period. right. That means there are no victims. That means that there are no, there's nobody who's going to come to, you know, pull you out. That means that each of us is responsible. Um, we believe in a deity. We believe that there is something outside of ourselves. We believe in the um, evolution of the soul. And the evolution <laughs> goes beyond this one incarnation. Now, whether or not you choose to believe that it started before, I do. I believe that mine started a long time ago. And I've been working on me for a long time. And I'll need a lot more work, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, that's another thing, that the soul just is, is just, we have the, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to just progress, period. And, and then right. the big thing, which differentiates spiritualism from a whole bunch of different things, is that there is evidence that is given through mediumship so that the spiritualist minister actually, by means of evidence, proves that life continues beyond death. Right, right. And so, I mean, these are existential questions that many different um, traditions, you know, attempt to address and it actually just it that's why they call it spiritualist and not religion because it's very all-encompassing there's some there's some common basic things which is you exist and you likely have existed before and after this incarnation you're probably infinite and then there is a consciousness that's connected to everybody and yet outside of you as well there's a mm-hmm. there's a there's a greater being and um and that these this whole projection, this whole experience is just a reflection of you and you are choosing your own experience. You're choosing your own adventure and um, you're taking part in, exactly. So, you know, very, very common themes to a lot of Eastern modalities or esoteric topics like Zen, Buddhism, Hinduism, Jainism, all that, that those, many of those um, Eastern philosophies Confucianism um, have the same exact basis. So, you know, we're talking the same talk. We just have different labels. Oh, yes. Exactly. So and how, is, how, is it in, how, is, how is it inclusive of other belief systems without trying to change or convert people? Because what I talk about is each, my truth, or how each of us functions in society about forgiveness or about being compassionate or about living without fear or about um, being authentic. And those topics really have no difference in any religion. They are universal. And so it doesn't matter to which religion a person says that they belong. Uh-uh. I have people who are Catholic who still come and they sometimes do their assistance and they bring a reading and the readings are not just from the Bible. The readings could be from um, 
trying to think, what's her first name? Oliver. She's a poet. Mary? No. Oh, she's a poet of the cave. Anyway, she's a, a beautiful, she has beautiful stuff that she writes. And so sometimes that's the reading. But the whole service is about who we are inside. It has nothing to do about rules. It has nothing to do about dogma. It has everything to do about just becoming more of who we are. Instead of tamping down on who we are, we just, you know, let's, let's explore it. Right, right. And you know, that you said something that, that that's very, very, um, that I, I picked out that, that kind of uh, resonated um, a little bit with me is that you said that um, no dogma. And the one thing that, I mean, for, for somebody coming from Eastern philosophies, and I, I grew up in the United States, there is no way you can grow up in the United States without knowing <laughs> any of the Western um, faith right. systems. It's pushed in everybody. So everybody knows pretty much uh there's no mm-hmm. way you can escape it but um but i i understand it i respect it and so when we're not talking um negatively or you know trying to you know go down the this religion that religion which one's better pick one we're not going over that we're just talking about the commonalities and so when you take dogma out of many western of faith systems and religions and you take that portion out of it it is very similar to many of the other um, faith systems and belief systems that people all over the world have that's why in some of the services um, I have people from all over the world who tune in and it, it doesn't matter what religion they are a part of because what is said is universal. Right. Right. Now, let me ask you something, Elaine. Um, Some of the things in life, many people would like a minister or a pastor or somebody of that type of figure um, Mm -hmm. to facilitate um, such as a wedding or a funeral, mm-hmm. you know, these type mm-hmm. of life events, maybe a baptism. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things like I am a wedding florist on the side, I take some weddings on the weekends and I've done over a hundred weddings um, so far and have ma- maintained great relationships with my clients. And I hear all of these wonderful love stories, but some of the things that I have found in the profession um that is very, very common is many people, especially in the United States, are waiting longer to get married. Um, They're waiting a little bit longer to have children. Um, And uh, they are planning their life together and their careers together and they're cohabitating before marriage. And it's not Mm -hmm. done on. Um, And many families are actually asking their children to their adult children to um, put themselves first, you know, make the groundwork of making sure that you, when you do get married, and if you do have children, that you have a good foundation, don't just rush into it. So they're, they're planning, almost like family planning, their marriage planning and family planning ahead of time. So the mm-hmm. old traditions of get married first, then figure out the rest afterward is, um, is not always... Oh. Yeah, it's not very common what I found in as a wedding florist. Um, It still happens. And if that's something that people do, um, and that's part of the love story, it works for them. That's wonderful. But it is not the only type of love story. But one of the things I bring up, why I bring that up to you is um, there's a lot of interfaith couples where you have couples of different faiths coming in. It's not a big deal to them. It may be a big deal for some of their family members who are more traditional, or you have couples who one is agnostic or atheist and the other one um, would like some kind of religious ceremony. But the thing that that they all come across is in many churches, especially in the West, 
they will not facilitate their wedding. And so a lot of um, young adults are looking at different options. And a spiritualist minister um, is one of those options that kind of includes everyone in. So how do you approach that type of topic with um, couples that are coming to you going, I need a minister for my wedding, or I need a minister for, um, you know, a funeral? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, first of all, life path is not a church. It's a fellowship. It's not a temple. It does not have a term that applies to any other uh, place of worship, which is exclusionary. And so a fellowship is all embracing. And I have done weddings with, I, I did one wedding where there was one child already and another child on the way. And in what I said to them and brought the other child in with them is that they were also becoming a family, not just a marriage partnership. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing when you facilitate the getting together, the commitment of two people. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Sex, it, it, it has no issue. Really, it doesn't. Right. Okay. Let, me, let me ask you something about that. Because I'm, I'm asking the questions because this comes up with weddings, engagements, funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not come up and may not be prevalent, you know, 15, 20, 30 years from now. But it is still active right now. And I asked... You know, when a couple, like it, when a homosexual or a lesbian couple comes to you or a trans, transgender mm-hmm. couple comes to you and goes, um, Elaine, we would like a spiritualist minister to facilitate um, our wedding ceremony, but mm-hmm. we both come from religious families. Um, mm-hmm. They love us. They're going to attend. But how do you approach um, that topic? Well, basically, I'm talking to the people who are getting married, and it's the love connection. And I don't, it's the two people who are in love. And as far as the commitment, the commitment is the same. Mm -hmm. And if they have children, it's the same. It's just that it's, they look different because their gender is different. But the love is, is still there. Right. I have a relative who has a family. And again, uh, they're, they're a lesbian couple who married and they have two sons. Right, and right. So what? I mean, yes, I've performed weddings. Uh, I've performed funerals um, for uh, I've performed funerals where there it was a big, big funeral, but the music is different. And the, the at the end, there were all of these flowers. And what the song that was chosen was, this will be the last time. And it was by Blind Boys of Alabama. And, and then I, I was using a crystal bowl at the same time for sound healing as everybody was coming up to say their last goodbyes person you know it's different and then instead of a baptism it's a naming ceremony because people are not baptized with water but they are named Mm -hmm. and the community is involved with the naming and with participating in saying yes we are going to help bring this child up that is really really good because you know a lot of people don't even know that they think oh they like the idea of baptism or maybe one of the 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 parents comes from a tradition that does baptism and the other one doesn't but they are open to it um 
they didn't even know that there's a mate on another option. So there instead is. of so if you are not able to, or to have a baptism for different religious reasons, but you want something same, you can have a naming ceremony. Yes. And you and I both know because we do hypnosis that the oversoul, the higher self, does not care <laughs> because it already has a name. It's already loved. It's already infinite. It already um, was perfect when it was created. It doesn't need a man or a woman to give it value in right. a building. Exactly. So, so you know. The naming ceremony can take place anywhere. It can yeah. take place on a beach, anywhere. Right, right. So it really sounds like it. It 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 really sounds like it's just the it's just the um, the belief that it has to be in a certain building, as um, by a certain um, person that has some kind of authority in some kind of religion, and and then you'll finally get approval. Whereas the overall truth that many people in the east know and that spiritualist um practitioners and followers know is that um none of that really matters at right. all it, it really it, it just really matters of how you live your life and who you affect and love and how exactly. you do that i am you know i have the authority to perform a marriage ceremony, okay, legally. And so I've been given that because I'm a minister. Um, but as far as who marries whom, or babies being named, or the ceremony for the honoring of a person who's passed, that ceremony is for those who remain. And by the way, usually the person who's passed is there in spirit. Yeah. Comforting yeah. and watching. But usually that person is there. Right, right. Well, that's really beautiful. I mean, you know, I, um, I have friends who are trying to adopt and they have a very hard time adopting um, it, you know, because of, of different adoption rules internationally and it's kind of messy and difficult. And um, it is some of these old, I call them old school belief systems. Many of them mm -hmm. are religious that has filtered into preventing wonderful people from adopting children that need a home just because the parents are homosexual or, um, or lesbian or because it's a single mom or a single dad that's looking to adopt, but they're fluent and they can provide a great home and they can provide all the things that the child needs to be raised. Um, there's so many of these old school belief systems that come from these different religions around these polarizing, you know, type of um, relationships that they seem to deem acceptable that are preventing children who need a good home from getting a good home and preventing parents who want to be, provide a good home to children who need them. So just because of this belief system that is so, um, you know, polarizing. So I, I, you know, I really hope that these types of ministries, um, spiritualist ministries and others, um, help people break those barriers to put to make it easier for people to live and love one another um now let's switch focus a little bit because i have another question um and i can go on because i'm a wedding floor so i can go on and on about well how do you work with somebody whose parents are not approving of the relationship because they're interfaith so actually Ask, can you answer that question first before I go to my next question? Sure. Um, sometimes they're there, but they're not the primary individuals. The primary people are the two people who are committing to each other and any children who are involved. They're the primaries, and they're the ones I focus on. Right. Period. Right. right. So you just focus, you continue to reinforce and focus on the love. Is yes, that, that's that's what we're there for. Yeah, so we're not there to appease you or you we're there to or your union. Right, 
Right. And we're there to celebrate this commitment of this union. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. Okay. So let's switch focus. Can you tell mm -hmm. us about your work in developing people's spiritual six senses, such as using energy healing, mediumship, and all of the other different varieties um, of wow. tools that you use? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, some of it is meditation. And I also teach uh, mediumship. And I also do sound baths, which is with crystal bowls, um, with chakras <laughs> that are calibrated to the chakras. Um, I do a guided meditation every week online. And that's on my personal Facebook page. And that really centers one. And it is when one is centered and when the ego mind just is kind of put to rest a little bit that one allows because one must allow and trust that the information that we get is real and that that which comes is not imagination. Um, trust is a big deal because you think, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, right. That couldn't possibly be. Except that there's evidence and the evidence is um, verified. And so it's not a bunch of hooey <laughs> over and over and over again. So... I coach people on how to deliver a message. Um, I teach people how to open more to spirit and to spirit messages. I coach on how to uh, trust your intuition and become more and more intuitive because we're all intuitive. It's just that we've suppressed it. Right. Right. And, go ahead. Question. And, and yes. I, um, and, and let me ask you, so for somebody coming in to, um, to your, to your assistance in working on these different six senses, because mm -hmm. again, like I said earlier, when you get into spirituality and metaphysics, your natural six senses that you were born with start reactivating or amplifying it because it's already there it's just you just haven't tapped into it so as you raise your energy frequency and you raise your um, merkaba or your mandala um, which is what i call it um these extrasensory abilities are going to come in the fold they don't mean that you're special they just mean like hey you got a new gift you got a you got a new everybody. ability everybody mm -hmm. has it now regardless of what it is whether they get energy healing um, and learn energy healing through through your teachings or they learn mediumship through your teachings or um or they learn harmonics and sound frequency healing through tibetan singing bowls and other tools that you use what is the purpose of all these different modalities are is it just to a way to help you connect to source and live a more fluid happier life is that the whole point of all that I mean, what is it Actually, for? Um, each person is going to be different. And each person will interpret that and answer that differently. Um, to live a more authentic life. Not to fear. And in the process, our vibration is, is raised. But each of us is different. Each of us will, I mean, sometimes I link with another medium and it's just like two people seeing a crash and one person gives one interpretation and another person sees it from a different angle. It's the same thing with mediums. And so we see, hear, interpret, have, because we still have a body. And so there's still a filter and the filter is still through us. And so it will be different 
I hope that explains. Does that answer the question? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it. it <laughs> yeah. It. Um. It definitely does. And you know, because I get I get people like, well, what, why, why do I want to use this modality? I can use this modality. Well, why about this modality? And you can just go down the rabbit hole. You know, it's like a mall of different modalities, and you don't. Oh, it is. It's, it's it the is. whole mall is wonderful and fascinating. Every single shop is fantastic but you know for some people they may pare it down to go you know I really like the singing bowls and that really helps with getting my um, nervous anxiety and calm down so I can meditate better and get more clarity in the things that I'm working to manifest in my career or maybe somebody go well come to you and they'll work on energy healing because they are attracted to that and you will help them fine-tune their energy healing and then they'll um, use that modality to maybe they are a veterinarian and they will work with animals and they'll infuse a little bit of the energy healing to heal pets in their practice and so so that they could be a more conscious veterinarian and that's how they like to have this experience and help help others um, that way as well. So a lot of these different modalities are available, but eventually you you hone down to the ones that are your favorite, and that's what you use to live a life of more clarity um, and more joy and more peace. And um, it and that sounds like what you're talking about in all in many of your sermons as well. You get into that, and and so these are kind of tools. Like, what kind of tool do you need? to accomplish X, Y, and Z that you're working on. So let me see what I have. <laughs> exactly. Everyone is a healer. We everybody not, is. Everyone is an energy healer. We may not realize it. Now, I'm a Reiki master teacher. Um, but everyone has, if you want to call it chi, prana, if you want to call it universal energy, which we can just ask to flow through us, and out into what whoever, whatever we direct it. Could be a plant, it could be a pet. But if you have a dog, the dog is on your lap and you put your hand on it and direct energy into the dog, you'll notice the dog kind of goes whoop because mm -hmm. the energy is just, it, it's beautiful. It just flows into yep. the individual. And so, yeah. We can heal. We can heal ourselves. We can heal. We can be the channels. Notice right. I said channels for healing others. And the yeah. other. Yeah. Can you don't be, do any of the healing. Source consciousness does the healing. Through you know, us. You just, yeah, you just being the facilitator, but it's not you that does the healing. It's the, it's the person themselves that does the healing. It's the consciousness in the person themselves. Yeah, so, I've. So there are two things, the consciousness in the person and also the, the other individual can act as a facilitator for the other individual if that person is not there yet. And so right. we can be the straw, just right. the straw. It goes through us and into somebody else. Right, right. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of um, really good ways to practice energy healing, and everybody can do it. Um, I, I always tell people um, the easiest I, – I do the quick 10-second uh, me <laughs> method of energy healing, which is really easy and anybody can do. All you do is you put your hand on the pet, and you stick your tongue on top of your, your – um, your tongue, tip of your tongue, yeah, on top. So you you do it too on the top, and then mm -hmm. you think about your thoughts, and your thoughts, your mind cannot think two things at the same time. So when you turn it around and think about your thoughts, it automatically blanks out the thought, and then you immediately start the image of the health, the healthy pet, and that pet will turn around. That pet will turn around. And it it works almost all the time unless that pet is on a mission to to go to the other side but if 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 not if it has some time then it will turn around and i've taught that to so many people they're so they're so amazed how can we do that and like because you're connected to source everybody is connected to one or another and you have consciousness flowing through you and everyone and the pets and you can all self-heal um so that's how you could do it and so yeah. you just all we're doing is telling people what they already have 
what they yeah. what they what they already know that just it's a recognition of what they already know so when they look at your work they recognize what they already know so it's just a nice reminder now let me ask you this um you also offer hypnosis as a tool to help people get clarity in their lives but you mm -hmm. offer three different variety of hypnosis you offer the dr brian wise modality and he's written a lot of books in past life mm -hmm. um regressions future lives mm -hmm. and life between lives in the spirit world i love his books um you've also offer um regular hypnosis to the, to the national guild of hypnotists mm -hmm. um so you know, for like smoking and um, getting loss. rid of weight loss, all that kind of stuff. And then mm -hmm. you also offer the Dolores Cannon hypnosis mm -hmm. modality, which is um, QHHT or quantum healing hypnosis, which is the one that I have chosen to practice as well, which offers um, the same ability to do all of that, but then also um, to talk to the oversoul or your higher self and consciousness itself. And anybody else, anybody else in existence <laughs> pretty much you can even talk to the ego i've, I've had conversations with, with people's ego <laughs> to, to understand things so there's a lot of you know so it that almost kind of it's almost like a three layer like of it hypnosis is. so if you if you're just ready for just the just the no smoking and good eating habits yeah, good it all depends what the client exactly if, if you want past life you could do the dr wise or the dolores cannon method but if you're if you want to go all the way all the way to source and have a conversation with source itself qhht so let me ask you um what what type of clients do you typically get that come to you um and they go okay so you offer three different modalities which one is the right one for me it's up to them to decide. And it's also some, I mean, you and I both know that QHHT takes between uh, four and six hours. Yeah. To really, right. and then. Um, four to six, but you, you can. You can do it a little bit less, but sometimes. Yeah, but four, you, but definitely four. Because, yeah, um, yeah I, I have the clients do the questionnaire and then we go over that but if you start from scratch like you haven't had the discussion it could take as much as six hours yes oh yeah because yeah. It, it's at least two to three hours for the interview and then it depending upon the individual and how old the individual is and uh what the life was has been like and then there's a couple of hours in hypnosis so it all depends what they want now the brian weiss will go um uh, there are three it's interesting because it's it's three different levels so i can do just a straight you know go back to a different life okay ship back to a different life whatever life is current you know connected to this one with Brian Weiss, you go back in stages, then you go to a different life, and then you go to the in-between lives, and then the in-between life, you talk to whoever, whatever spirits are around, guides, this, that, and they're not necessarily all human either. Yes. Oh, okay. let me ask you about that really quick, because you're getting yeah. into some fun, fun topics. This is like advanced yes. Buddhism for me. Um, so when you go into the in-between i know the answers to this but i want to hear it from a spiritualist minister about what you get so when you do um the dr wise hypnosis and you go into the in-between and you could even go to the in-between through dolores cannon as well the her, her oh, modality yeah. but when you go into the in-between what kind of what kind of figures do you typically will people sometimes see obviously they it have a life depends, it all depends on their you know, their belief system. Mm -hmm. Because if they're expecting to see angels, generally they're going to see angels. Right. If they are expecting angels guides, then guides. If they are open, um, I was at the five-day workshop with Brian Weiss and I was doing one of the things and I linked in and I actually saw what the person was seeing. 
and I saw a bird in a bird guide, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, very long legs, um, a beak, um, everything was telepathic. Uh, it was quite interesting. So it all depends where the individual is spiritually, which will, um, it, it really connects. It, it forces what happens after death or between lives, you know? So if they think there's, they're going to see nothing, they may not see much. Right, or right. They may need to look further, but right. you know, but they they do find it's quite interesting. But then the Dolores Cannon goes just it's a quantum leap beyond that, mm-hmm. and so then that gets into the right side of the brain, uh, that gets into uh, the higher self, the oversoul, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's called the collective, and they say we sometimes, and that part of the being um, knows everything about the individual and all pieces of the individual, that all aspects of the individual that may be on this plane more than just one person at the same time or different parallel universes and it gets a little bit right right well you know right and that you bring a very good point about parallel universes um one of my favorite topics in buddhism is parallel universes and manifesting the greater reality that has the most enjoyable experience for myself so Mm -hmm. um and you know that that's like higher higher level um advanced um work but one of the things that's very controversial that i've come across and i know many people have come across in a in a lot of different hypnosis modalities and the dolores cannon method is becoming very popular because of um a lot of her books and people are reading it but one of the things that continue to come up is why do different hypnotists get different results for the near future and the future um, doesn't everybody have the same future? No. And don't forget, it's like if you go to a different doctor, are you going to get this? Are you always going to get the same results? No. And so, and the person is attracted to the doctor that they need. Right. So an individual is attracted also energetically to the hypnotist, the therapist, the spiritual counselor, whoever that they energetically will connect with. Right, right. That's a really good point because um, there's a lot of hypnosis practitioners who um, will put recordings, I do it myself, of a client's session that they get approval to put up and people may or may not resonate with the material that comes out of that client when they're talking to the higher self about whatever the the question is because it challenges them and when what I know for myself I'm not sure if you get this in hypnosis but when I have a client um I, I keep asking a lot of underlying questions to go deeper than the solid form, deeper oh, yeah. than what I'm seeing. I go into like the, 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 the energy level. I go into like the nature of where the energy comes from, you know, just deeper levels. And what I eventually always get consistently from the higher self in all of my clients, which is the same being in all of my clients. I'm, I've been doing this since 2012. Um, and you've been doing it longer, but um, is that there are multiple parallel realities. There are multiple dimensions. And it always says to me, Vaughn, you are getting the clients that are going to the reality you exist in. So you're not going to get the uh, doomsday type of dire outcomes because 
that frequency in that reality has no match to you. You don't resonate right. with it. So you will never experience that. And the people that come to you are going to the same outcome that you're going to. That's why they're attracted right. to you. That's why you keep getting star seeds and um, alien incarnates and ancient old souls because they're here to build the, the fifth dimension that we're already in. Um, that's what I get. And I talk to other hypnotists who go, I never get that kind of fun stuff. All I get is the marriage problems because I'm going through marriage problems. And so you're going to get a mirror of what you're working on. So what kind exactly. of clients do you get? Uh, I get high level beings. I get, they're, they're incredible. When I go to the higher self, um, they are the creator. I, I hesitate to say it because it's they're the creators of big things. Right, right, right. The game makers, and, the creators, yeah. Yeah. They're not just, I mean, there are watchers. They're, they're just the library, kind of like the Library of Congress, but, you know, the library where everything is stored. Um, yeah, the librarians, yeah. Yeah, Kashuk Records, yeah. Um, Do you get life planners? Do you get life planners? Uh, no, no, I don't get the, well, the life planners that that work in the library to help people plan their incarnations. You got any of those? No, I just get, I've also gotten, and this is, this is very unusual. I think I've had, now don't forget the people that I am in contact with a lot are also mediums they're connected to begin with it to a certain degree um they're psychics they're okay so right right a, a few of them have come to me after a qhht session and said my se or higher self wants to talk with you and so then we then had, and, and it's very quick that we then went into it and I was being tutored from upstairs and like, it was like, oh my God, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. So anyway. Yeah. 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 I've, yeah, I've, I've gotten, <laughs> Yeah, it gets interesting when you get into the Dolores Cannon work. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna. You gonna have no get. idea because <laughs> it's beyond the galaxies, and it just keeps going bigger and bigger and more and more. And we are told, I'm sure you are also, that uh, there are so many universes, and there's uh, the source is their sources beyond the source, and basic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets, yeah, it gets very convoluted. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's a convoluted universe, like Dolores says. And yes. really, honestly, we are basically, it's choose your own adventure. So if somebody's, if somebody's uh, version of reality does not jive with you, then that's not your lesson to learn. Don't, don't go down that rabbit hole. No. If somebody else's um, jives with you more, then focus on that and, and, and manifest more of that good stuff. So, and that's really what the higher self says to me over and over and over again. Cause, and, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's perfectly fine. So yeah, that's very, very good. That is something that a lot of people have confusion of is I don't know who to believe because this hypnosis person gets this outcome and this hypnosis person gets this outcome and this, this channeler gets this outcome and this medium gets this outcome and the, and the outcome. They're all different. They're all different. It's what resonates. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are the creator of your own reality. So what you focus on and put your energy on, you will create and manifest. So if you continue to focus on dire outcomes, guess what? You are going to eventually have that car accident. Yes. And that's, that's a simple way of understanding parallel realities. And that's what comes through all of my sessions. So don't take 
one person's dire outcome as the tell all that I must do X, Y, and Z in order to avoid that because that might not be your future reality. No, we, we are creators ourselves of our own realities exactly. and we get to choose every day what our day is going to be like and how we are going to create it and how we are going to, um, what our attitude is going to be about it. Right, right. Can you tell people about your live Facebook meditations and your weekly spiritualist services? Um, and, and also like what congregations are you a guest minister for where, in New Hampshire where people can go and attend? Okay, well, um, first of all, weekly guided meditation is from 6.30 to 7 o'clock Eastern Daylight Saving Time, okay? And it is on the Lane Sam Susi Facebook page, personal Facebook page. And just try it. It's it's. It's recorded afterward, so if you can't make it on time, that's okay. And every week it's different, and it's, I never know what's happening, it's downloaded. I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. And so it's quite interesting, at least I think so, just kind of watching it. And then the weekly modified service is um, on Life Path Fellowship page. I guess there's the V in front of it for Facebook. So the Life Path Fellowship, okay, page. And that's at one o'clock every Sunday. And that's again, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And that, uh, a spiritualist service basically is three parts. Uh, interspersed with song, not now, that's why it's modified, and other things. But it's healing, which is the most important part, which now, because it's modified, I do as a either a slight guided meditation or I use um, uh, crystal bowls, okay? And so that's the first part. The second part is a talk. I don't talk, call it a sermon because I'm not telling anybody what to do. All right. So for me, it's a talk. And the third part is mediumship. And mediumship is message work. And I usually call it message work because sometimes what comes through is not from a deceased loved one. Sometimes what comes through is guidance from my guide to the other person's guide who is in the, the room uh, wearing a mask, socially distanced. There are not too many of us. Um, and so I allow those messages to be given online so that the people online can hear the messages. And sometimes the messages will ring a bell. And so sometimes it's okay. So anyway, that's those three parts. Um, you asked what what different places I do my services. Okay, so it's Life Path Fellowship. Uh, right now, everything is kind of closed, but I'm going to be doing uh, in Keene, New Hampshire, Cycles of Spirit on the first Monday in November at 6.30 Eastern. Then I'm going to... Uh, the others are closed right now. Mm -hmm. One, two, th three, four others are closed because I've kept my, I've kept Life Path Fellowship open or I, it was closed for two months, but it's now open, but it's small. Very right, small. right, right. Well, anyway. you know, yeah, th there's a lot of really good material. And again, it's just fantastic to catch up with you, Elaine. People in New Hampshire and the surrounding areas are very fortunate to have you. Um, and I, I kind of have a feeling you're going to get hit up for a lot of weddings and naming <laughs> ceremonies in the area because, um, you know, just as an option. So, but everyone can find Elaine's offerings at 
facebook.com forward slash the life path fellowship and Elaine, thank you again for a wonderful interview. Thank you kindly to everyone else for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. Take care. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.